Hello and welcome to another episode of the Full Force Weekly brought to you by General Joe's Reborn.com with me as your host, Christopher McLeod, aka Diagnostic 80. For today's episode, I'm all on my own. In this regular video series, I round up all the week's news in the world of G.I. Joe. What is it, me? It's the Full Force Weekly. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Full Force Weekly, brought to you by General Joe's Reborn.com with me, Christopher McLeod, aka Diagnostic AT. Uh, how is everyone doing this morning? I know it's a little bit of an early one, uh, and I know I'm obviously on my own again. It's just me, no Pat again. Uh, it's getting to, it's, this is getting too uh, normalised now. We need Pat in our lives again. Uh, I hope everyone's doing well in the chat and the comments. Loads of you in there already. It's it's been a busy week for GI Joe. I mean, I've done about six or seven videos i think this week um not all news bursts of course but um you know unboxings and let's talk classified leatherneck and an intel kind of for patrons and so on and so forth so it's and and of course news bursts and multiple multiple news this week it's been crazy um anyway i hope everyone's doing really well uh what we're saying in the chat at the moment uh, this splash page looks to be a PSA warning about serving spicy chili from the mess hall last night. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Brian's choice. Uh, I We usually kind of uh, connect on what the, the title card's going to look like. Um, and if you're on, if you see it on YouTube, the little uh, thumbnail, um, then Brian's, I usually say Brian, as long as it got has this character in it, and then he comes back with with an absolute banger every time and i said yeah could you get doc in there this time because we've got those doc kind of um uh pre-production pieces uh to talk about and he was like yeah sure and then we get that awesome uh thumbnail so thanks to brian on that one getting a shout out at the beginning as, as opposed to the end today um nothing like the full force weekly while still at work oh sorry hydras that sucks um everyone give a like before it starts yeah absolutely Past the progy set an alarm for this. Nice one. Uh, morning figure six pack. Morning Death Valley machine. Morning everybody. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, hello, Mark. Talking Joe. Chris has killed Pat. He needs to come clean. I uh, haven't, I swear. But they're not. The killer would say that, wouldn't they? Who's Pat? <laughs> yeah, that's true. If, you've, if you're kind of new to the show, then you probably don't know. Uh, who Pat is at the moment because he's hardly been on because of my, you know, our availability issues. Uh, the truth is Pat wanted more money. Yeah, that's true. Um, are we sure Pat's not actually kidnapped by Cobra and the guy on the screen is just a Fred? I'm Fred McLeod. Absolutely. Uh, Pat should be here because it's too early for Naked HD. <laughs> it's so true. Anyway, anyway, um, I've got a work thing starting in an hour. Otherwise, I wouldn't be up this early on a Saturday. Well, at least, hey, at least you get to squeeze in a bit of uh, the full force before then, eh, Matt? Um, next time Pat is on, it can be billed as a grand reunion. Yeah, it, it might have to be. Uh, I've not even seen Tap in the comments recently. Exactly, Toys of the Jedi. Anyway, anyway, lots to get through to this morning. Uh, so let's get stuck into it. We'll start with a bit of comics news. <laughs> Yes, uh, the Skybound era continues to impress with not only the content of their fantastic issues for the Energon universe and a real American hero, but also their sales. With sellouts of issues 301 to 303, we are getting more reprints in turn, and sorry, and in turn, 
more new variant covers. Skybound have revealed a Cobra Commander and Maggot cover by Eduardo Pansica, Julio Ferreira and Adriano Lucas for 301. Uh, a Jinx versus Ali Viper cover by Ike Guada and Francesco Segala for 302. And Duke versus Cobra Troopers um, by Jacob Edgar for 303. In addition to those, they also revealed that Paul Pelletier will be a guest artist for issue 306 hitting stores in May. And of course, Paul being uh, quite famous really with uh, Marvel and DC, he's done a lot of work. Um, but let's start with the Real American Hero reprints and of course the uh, variant covers. Now I, I did talk about these in the week, um, so not a great deal more to go into, but I'll, I'll, I'll pick out the, the kind of main points. Uh, Ryan Daly says, Paul is an awesome artist, can't wait to see that issue. Um, and RKW says, I need that Zartan image as a poster. Yeah, we'll get to that in this. We'll get to some of the, um, cause there's been more kind of shared of Paul's work for that issue as well, which is really cool. Uh, but yes. Um, so we'll start with issue 301, third printing cover a by Eduardo Pansica, Julio Ferreira, sorry, or Ferreira and Adriano Lucas featuring Cobra commander and not the his tank. That was an error in copy. The, uh, you know, Eduardo absolutely knows that he's drawing the maggot and was fully aware of that. Um, but that is an absolute banger. And one thing I mentioned about this, uh, like a couple of days ago, is the fact that you very rarely see the maggot or any of its subsequent pieces on covers. Like, I can't think of many. I mean, if you are a proper comics nerd, you'll probably be able to pick them out. But are, do we have any covers with maggots on them? I genuinely can't think of any. Um, that doesn't mean they don't exist, because like obviously it was a big deal back then as to when a new vehicle was out, it would have some representation either in the cartoon or in the, on the comics. Um, you know, the kind of classic advertising and marketing. So, um, yeah, it's just it is really nice seeing the maggot on a cover Death Valley machine. It really is. Um, and it's just, it's drawn so beautifully as well. Um, oh yeah, that's a good point actually, Matthew. You think there was an IDW cover with one? Uh, only Fishing Weekly. I like it, RKW. You only see maggots on Fishing Weekly. Um, it was rarely used at all, yeah. Uh, I, it was hardly used, uh, uh, man. What is it that Fast Draw Battles, I think they're front maggot pieces. I think there are maggot pieces in issue... What would it be 15 of European missions or um, what would have been uh, Action Force monthly for us? Um, I think Fast Draw is facing off against maggot pieces. I can't, I think they're the front sections of maggots, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see this. I'm really into this and um, it just looks really good. Like if you look at the cover as well, at like the shape of Cobra Commander, and that's a really cool updated kind of design. The helmet's got like a snake sort of like sculpted kind of head motif going on on the top. Um, almost like, you know, like uh, ridges of where the eyes would be. Um, it's really cool, and obviously the cape looks amazing. It just is drawn in such a way that it just looks very. That cape looks real heavy, doesn't it? It looks really kind of like heavy duty. Um, it's just beautifully done. Has there been any collected reprints of Action Force? No, past the pierogi, there have not. You can only get 
um, or what you know, getting back back issues of them basically. Um, but I believe uh, Rebellion own the rights to those comics, um, and yeah, I, I just never been done. Um, obviously, there are kind of scans of them of those particular comics online, um, you know, for and have been for years. So it's probably not worth it for them probably uh, to do that considering they're so easily available but i would love a, i would i've always said i'd love a collected edition of uh, action force weekly and monthly um you know two separate collected editions uh or even multiple i don't know you could probably you could probably you could probably co collect all of the like the 15 issues would be a one would would be like a collected edition but the 50 issues of Action Force Weekly might need a couple. Um, yeah, it might need like three editions or something like that. Uh, in any case, um, love this cover. Absolute beauty. Oh, here we go. Ryan says, the maggot is on the cover to 209, which is a sort of homage to G.I. Joe 1, but with Cobra characters. Thank you, Ryan. Perfect. Didn't the maggots feature one coat on Cobra Civil War? Oh yeah, that I'm, I'm they've been in the comics, absolutely, definitely. But I'm talking about cover situations here. So 209 is a good shout. I want to kind of look at that as well while we're here, because I don't recall it. Um, a real American hero 209. <laughs> it's come up with some weird. I should put GI Joe. Let's put GI Joe, a real American hero 209. There we go. Yeah, that is a that's a banger. I yeah, there you go. So you've got the the maggot on the front of there, and it is like yeah, it's like a cobra version of issue one, isn't it? Very cool. Destro and his despoiler. What's funny about Destro and his despoiler in the corner there is it's Destro regular ver flavor. You know, it's not um Iron Grenadiers Destro. But again, you know, it doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to wear that uniform to operate his despoiler. It's just interesting that. Um, yeah, so if anyone else finds or notices another cover that features the maggot, then please throw it in, in here. That's great. Um, Mike says, I'm all for variant covers, reprints, etc. Apps, me too. Uh, that's not IDW 209, was it not? What was I looking at? It it says IDW two zero nine on it in the in the top corner. It might just be a variant issue, but it's IDW two zero nine. Look. In any case, um, yeah, it would it probably would have just been like a variant cover for it. Um, if Cobra Commander has this cover with the maggot, I'm hoping they do a variant cover with Duke and the Mean Dog. That's a good shout. That is a good shout, actually. Because, again, the maggot and the Mean Dog are sort of like ultimate enemies, aren't they? They're kind of like mirror, not mirror images, but they're kind of very similar uh, structures and um, features and stuff. Like, you know, big like vehicles that kind of split into different segments with two big kind of uh, gun emplacements. Um Good morning, anything, Joe's. How are you doing? So there is um, that is Cobra Command. That's Eduardo Panseca's cover, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, 
lovely stuff. And then, of course, we have um, Jinx and the Alley Viper fighting for 302. Now, this is the third printing cover A by Ike Guada and Francesco Sagala. And this is another beauty. Um, this is another one that I'm like really into. I love the composition of this one. I love the energy, the, dynam the dynamism. Um, just really, really awesome. And of course, the uh, the color on this one is great because you've got Jinx, who is like you know just all red, um, different kind of shades as the shadow kind of falls on her and everything. I kind of like the kind of brown almost that they utilize for the kind of like the collar, the belts, and all that kind of stuff uh, as well. And then you've got the Alley Viper, which is that orange and and blue, which again, it's they're still quite subdued. It's not like you know crazy bright, but there's just a lot of nice color on this one. And of course, getting the the faceplate kicked off as well is pretty pretty gnarly. And it's great that they've managed to kind of fill the page with these two characters in this pose. Um, it's just really good. And then of course, you've got all of the kind of background. Um, you know, that kind of color in the background allows those two characters to really like stand out on the page. Um, and you've got the, the kind of cuts and swishes and movement and everything. It's really good. Absolute beauty. I like the fact that Jinx has got her hair out and it's just flowing all over the place, like long hair Jinx. Um, and yeah, it's just a really good, I, I'm really into this issue. And him even dropping his knife as well as he gets kicked so hard in the face. Um, yeah, he's out. And I also like the fact that Jinx is holding her her kind of like, staff i'm gonna call it a staff from now on because it's not a naginata even though naginata is how it's described um on the file on the card uh, on the and the weapons description the accessories description it's like a it's like a hybrid of long elaborate weapons in uh you know kind of like you know in in like japanese kind of culture or what have you weapons culture it might you know it might just be it might be something that was found elsewhere it might be like um it might not be japanese origin but i would imagine that was the intention it was to kind of i'd love to know what they referenced uh with that particular weapon that kind of staff that she has it's so cool just so i could find out what the bloody real name is for it if it does exist um but it's really cool and it's definitely iconic to jinx it's definitely like you, you, the, no other character has something like that, in my opinion. And so she's holding that across her shoulder as well, which I really like too. Really neat. Uh, kind of giving me a Kiko vibes. I know people, you know, I'm just going to bring up sore wounds for people. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I remember a Kiko kind of with the, the staff over her shoulders as well. That was a cool little um, uh, scene. But anyway, Jinx kicking an Alley Viper in the face. Another cracking cover for 302 and then we have duke versus the troopers uh by jacob edgar now this one i we discussed as well in the week and it was really kind of like i, I just like the the kind of almost like nostalgic not nostalgic the uh, vintage feel of this one it's got a um propaganda poster sort of vibe it's got like a got i think someone said golden age uh, on the show previous, and it does have that feeling to it, like a Marvel Golden Age sort of issue. Um, you know, the just the way that the characters are drawn, it's got a little bit of a Johnny Quest vibe. Um, dare I say it like a, if, if Venture Brothers was done back then, which is what Johnny Quest is pretty much, and lots of other 
references that they utilize but it definitely has that feel of a golden age sort of uh, design and i really like it uh, including the motorcycle which looks real like world war bloody two doesn't it? it it's it's such a specific sort of vibe and i think they've nailed it on that one 100 um just checked and the <clears throat> and the maggot appeared 11 times in a real american hero no covers interesting apart from two yeah in the first run one to 155 thank you very much death valley machine um this is why we have crowdsourcing in the uh, comments um but yeah this is a beauty really into this one as well i mean the, just three fantastic variant covers um and yeah really into them now the other bit of news is that guest artist paul pelletier is going to be uh taking over on 306 which i think is out in did i say may i think i said may it's gonna be May. Um, what did I say it was going to be out? Yeah, in May. In stores. In May. Um, so, yeah, again, and what we've seen art-wise from him for this is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think Chris needs coffee. I need more than that. I need... I would have tea. I'd have tea. Um, he looks like... You do looks like Steve McQueen from The Great Escape, John, and that previous image. Yeah, big time. Look at this Sartan artwork. It's amazing. Anyway, it looks like he's on his swamp skier and he's being followed by what looks to be a massive torpedo, uh, sorry, torpedo missile that's going to take him out. Let's see what happens. Because, yes, we have got more um, kind of like uh, panels for this particular um, issue. I, I wonder if it's going to be a silent issue. I know you don't necessarily have many. I mean, there is space for speech bubbles if he is saying stuff here. But I wonder if... Um, it's going to be some sort of like silent issue style thing. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good shout, Penny Rooster Reviews. Happy birthday to General Justin, General's Joe's Justin Bell, indeed. Um, I should have said that to start with, shouldn't I? Um, yes. Uh, happy birthday, Justin Bell. Um, doesn't look, a, I mean, he doesn't look 80, does he? <laughs> he probably feels it. Um, Anyway, yeah, I really like this uh, this particular like movement of panels as well. He's kind of like avoiding this missile. He jumps up, grabs the branch in classic movie trope style, flips up. The missile goes through and probably takes out, promptly takes sorry, promptly takes out the, his uh, his um, what do you call it? His swamp skier. What is interesting here is I wonder if this is an homage to when he carries his swamp skier in that giant box. <laughs> It's like because that's in pieces, isn't it? Uh, I hope that in in this issue we see him dragging his swamp skier back to uh, the you know the lair or whatever to the hideout in a box. How funny would that be? That would be amazing, and it would be such a good uh, homage if they if they if they do it. Um, anyway, um, and then as he's looking around, uh, as he's looking at his destroyed swamp skier, he. He looks at a piece of it. Uh, I'm not sure what that is signifying. Do we know what that's signifying, guys? Um, but anyway, really cool. Really in excited to see this one. And yeah, I'm hoping that there's going to be. Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting if it might be like a silent issue. That'd be kind of inter That'd be kind of fun. And it would be. It would kind of make sense if they're doing something like that with a guest artist as well. Like you know, it makes sense to do something like that if it's like going to be a different style. 
Um, yeah, but again, it's looking really tight and it look, it doesn't look out of place from a real American hero. Uh, I think there might be like an idea here to try and keep a stylistic consistency at least, um, you know, at least with the coloring as well. But um, it looks great and I can't wait to see this issue. Right. Um, perfect looking Zartan, says Paul. That is Zartan. Looks perfect, says Yorktown. Everyone's really excited here by the looks of things. You would not be saying much either if they're dodging a missile. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm kind of guessing. Maybe it might not be, and maybe it's not. But it kind of just, you know, the fact that we've got three pages here, and yeah, I know we do see pages sometimes before the um, the uh, lettering gets done and the comic, the book, the speech bubbles are added. But I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if it could be any chance that issue two twenty one may be a future silent issue. That would probably happen i could see that happening honestly figure six pack um what issue are we on at the moment well we've passed that so it'd have to be 321 wouldn't it yeah we're way past 221 um gmgage wherever you may be everyone hello chris hello ray um right oh all the different yeah all the different time zones um I'd be talking a lot while dodging and failing to do so. A missile, yeah. You'd be like, sugar plums. Yeah, there'd be swear words coming out of my mouth, I think, trying to avoid a missile. Anyway, that is the comics news this week. Very exciting. Um, just in general, we've got Cobra Commander dropping, I think, on, is it Wednesday? Oh, man, Cobra Commander issue two. I cannot wait. I'm really enjoying the Energon universe, but I'm also really enjoying the Real American Hero universe. And I just want more. Keep keep them coming. I want mini series. I want character spotlights. I want special missions. I want all of it. I want them to do all of it. I want like a Sunbow recreation, even though they're kind of probably not going to do that because they wanted a clean run at everything. You know, you never know. You might they might do something like that in the future, and I'd be all I'd be here for it. I'm tired. It's the morning. Um, new run is awesome. Cobra Commander book was excellent, says Daniel. Yeah, I can't wait. Did you see Energon Universe comic on Free Comic Book Day? I haven't yet, Daniel. Um, but that I am, I will check it out. Um, I think they're both coming out. Both coming out on Wednesday. Of course, it's going to be like an absolute double. It's an absolute double whammingtons, isn't it? Rumor has it Lightfoot makes an appearance in Coco too. Thanks, Paul, for doing that and then JKing it. Um, these new comics can't come fast enough, says Hydrus. Uh, three twenty-one might be Firefly's favorite countdown. Yeah, exactly. Three, two, one. I'd go for a Deke spin-off. Actually, Paul, uh, past the progy. Sorry, that is a that is not a bad shout because you could do like a fun tongue in really tongue in cheek. Like you know, Sunbow has its kind of you know craziness, but Deke is like almost like slapstick. Uh, you know, funny noises kind of comical, isn't it? Um, how many issues is Cobra Commander slated for? I want to say, I want to say five, but it could be more. Is it five or eight? I think it's five. I think it's five. Um, sometimes it, it just waters it down when there's too many books. This is a good amount of books. Tr I get that, Ray. I get that. Um, but the thing is, we're not gonna have. You know the mini series of Cobra and Duke aren't going to be forever, so it'll it'll move on for like until an ongoing, and then we'll just have two ongoings, which is effectively what we have: Duke and Cobra Commander in the same universe. So it's effectively just 
the same thing. But I definitely want to see more from this company than two run than two ish than two comics because like GI Joe specifically. I mean, because I mean, there are going to be lots of people that won't buy Transformers and Void Rivals and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I get that. You know, you just want to kind of keep it Joe, and and that's totally fine. Um, and that is really, you know, like a, a ploy from the, the company to try and, you know, to do these crossovers to get more sales, uh, you know, in either directions. And that's totally fine as well. I get that. I understand it. But I also enjoy the crossover stuff. Um, but yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see them do future character miniseries. Um, they are really good, Ray. They are. The Transformers books are amazing at the moment as well. Um, we could see those cults, kids that stop Cobra out of school all grown up. Yeah. I too wish that the Sunbow comic was a thing. That would be awesome. Yeah, it, it was just, I mean, it was really good. They did a, such a great job with that before losing the, the license IDW. Um, yes, so Robert H says, aren't there supposed to be two more character-specific minis after Duke and Cobra Commander? Abs they, that has been stated, yes. Um what I'm talking about, though, is if you've, you've got your ongoings, right? You've got your kind of, like, universe ongoing situation. I want to see, like, a special missions. I want to see, uh, you know, and special missions could be a spin-off of a real American hero, as it has been in the past. It doesn't have to be a spin-off of the Energon universe. Um, I want But I want to see, uh, like, tons of stuff coming out of this company because they're just doing it so well. It's great. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Transformers, but this run is really good. Actually, look forward to it more than GI Joe sometimes. Uh, it's uh, that's when you know they've got some good stuff going on, and yeah, I'm and I can't wait to to read even more. But I think yeah, special missions, Paul, 100%. I just there's something about special missions which is just magical to me. Um, you know, I've I've read it so many times through as well. Like it's you know that that run, it's only what 20 something issues. Um, but it's just so good, and I think we could we they've tried to do it since like I is it IDW tried was it Devil's Due tried when it was like Manhattan, Tokyo, um, Antarctica. They were fun and all, but they they didn't really keep going with it, which was a shame. Um, anyway, that's comics news. Let's move on to uh, the, oh, the news that you all are waiting for, and that is a bit of movie news. It's funny, as um, I was playing that music, the amount of people that have commented, I'm not a huge Transformers fan. I'm not a big Transformers fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. It's like perfect timing. Um, anyway, yeah, I noticed there are not many big Transformers fans in the chat. There are. There are some. I know that there are many big Transformers fans in the chat. Um, it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's like it's the same in the Transformers uh, fandom. Um, you know, if your if your major fandom is Transformers, there's often a um, kind of like a, a, a version to having G.I. Joe kind of coming in and like, you know, joining up without them, like without, without invitation sort of thing. And, you know, I get it. I understand. I kind of understand that personally though, from my point of view, I'm just like, 
I'll have it all. Throw it all together. Let's let's enjoy it. Let's see what's going on. Um, let's have it. Uh, I think they're going to want to hover at about five titles on the stand at any one time across TF Joe expand uh, energy on universe yeah that cool but again a real american hero can have a spin-off surely that uh, surely surely but anyway um maybe that's where maybe that's where some other companies have, have gone wrong in the past by doing trying to do too much um but then it, you know try, like quantity over quality uh, in a lot of cases but at least at the moment it's it's more quality anyway it's movie talk time, so change <laughs> change your thought process, guys. Um, yes, so LDB, or Lorenzo di Bonaventura, uh, has been discussing, albeit rather briefly, the Transformers G.I. Joe movie crossover during press for Madame Webb. Uh, the producer had the following to say after he was asked about the progress of the crossover. The honest truth is, I don't know. I know we are going to deliver on the promise we made. The full interview can be found on the Phase One YouTube channel. Link in the description. But he, I mean, doesn't say anything else, so I'm not sure how Im important it is for you to watch him say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, so um, he's been, like I said, he's been doing the Madam Web thing recently, and my word, have has that movie been getting an absolute panning? Um, I mean, what is it? Rotten Tomatoes scores really like 13% or something it's it's crazy some of the scene i saw like a twitter uh, post uh, kind of thread the other day what two of them one was a post um that was like here are the the worst kind of dialogue scenes from the movie and it was like 7 minutes long and it was just some really poor dialogue and then the other one was a um was like a thread of the marketing campaign and like how interesting it was that after the first trailer dropped, uh, Dakota Johnson dropped her um, her company, her like a uh, uh, media company or whatever, like, you know, for that does her sort of press and everything. And it's just crazy, uh, crazy to me. And it's funny, isn't it, that all of these films, these kind of like lackluster um you know, not great sort of films, it just get attached to Lorenzo de Bonaventura now. And like, it, I feel like he was on like, uh, what, what I what it feel, what I think has happened here is that, you know, Transformers did so well originally and like had huge amounts of money pouring in. Um, but like, I feel like no development or progression has happened in that sphere. Do you know what I mean? Like, the first movie kind of has aged really well, but the other ones just like well, let me get let me let me kind of reword that. I feel like the other films have not taken what was done in Transformers One and and kind of developed it and moved it along and done new things with it. It's it's just it's either gone really formulaic, or what they've done is they've extended the 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 size of the movie, like the the runtime. They've increased the runtime, and they've just thrown in more of the things that that they thought worked in the first movie. So it's like they crank up the comical side character, uh, and they just ramp up the humor. And then and th there's a comical side character, but then everyone is comical. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone is 
to saying stupid things and saying one-liners and say and then it kind of gets to the point where it's like but these characters are supposed to be the serious characters why are all four of them like the three stooges right now like that why are they all like the three stooges right now do you know what i mean it just doesn't make any sense and then and then you kind of got like the the designs never really properly changed enough for me to be like yeah that's better like why is it that they keep they keep doing the proportions a little bit weird and you know you've got like some of them have got really tiny heads for no reason and that is something i've always it's always made me laugh about some of the transformers in those designs and you know obviously there was like that that initial that in the, the first movie we got some really good stuff like the, the blackout transformation is perfect uh starscream transforming in the street overhead of those people and then flying off is one of the best shots in cinematic history in my opinion i love that when he just goes and just flips and then goes flies off and you just see everything from like their perspective on the ground uh, uh looking up at another person looking up at it's just awesome and that transformation of blackout at the beginning but then at the um towards the end where it transforms in and they're in the alleyway looking out the alleyway the, the military and he kind of transforms blackout transforms and lands and that that is awesome but then you also have a lot of the kind of spiky designs or too many transformation things going on at once when it's just like you know you can make it way punchier and way more like impactful if it's just like you know and then off you go but these are like you know and then like millions of things are moving on them so it's i don't know it just seemed a little bit um a little bit overdone do you know what i mean and it was like they were like oh this worked let's just crank that up another 20 notches and it's like that's not you've got to keep the balance you've got to keep the formula ha is only a formula if you're keeping the same formula if you're just going if you're just if you increase the if you just throw in more ingredients and make it a bigger cake it you know it, it's not always going to be right and you, you're going to get the balance is going to be off and i think that's what they're I think that's what's happened with that. Now, that said, um, Madam Web here, there was an opportunity with a really good cast, I would say, really, you know, solid cast, and um, you know, in the in the kind of universe. But the problem is, it really does stand out. The things that I've seen of that film stat like really take it out of the MCU. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, it's not it's not the same um, studio, of course. I know that, and it's not the same people doing it but it just feels like completely different it feels like morbius it feels like um what was the other one that was very similar to it? anyway it feels like morbius and i'm pretty sure the writers are from morbius as well and it's like my goodness guys anyway the reason i'm saying all of this is because it doesn't bode well does it when um when you see the same people at the helm each time and i feel like I feel like it's not going to be there's not nothing's going to change we're not going to get anything different we're not going to get something that like really changes the game or develops anything it's just going to be more of the same because i feel like they're expecting somehow there to be a different response to it and that's just not really the case so i think until we get somebody uh new who comes in and does something different like in a you know like how uh fate um kevin feige did the uh 
the MCU and how he decided to, you know, go about it and change it and mess around with it and add this and add that. And yes, that's another kind of like struggling kind of like movie uh, dynasty. That is definitely one that's kind of struggling as well. But, you know, that's the other thing as well. Like the same, again, if you're, there's only so much one person can do, right? Um, I feel like the only person that doesn't really relate to is Donald Glover. I feel like he is like, the dude just keeps cranking out absolutely amazing things, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, uh, films, whether it's TV shows. Dude is just like amazing. But again, you know, I'm, I'm sure he freshens it up. I'm sure he, I'm sure he utilizes different writers and, and t- I know him and his brother do a lot of the work together, but like, I'm sure there's a lot of things that, that go into that and make it different and make it, you know, good each time. And I feel like with this stuff, I feel like we just kind of, we just crank out the same sort of vibe, you know, um, and it's going to be the same with Madam Web. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to bag on it too hard because I haven't seen it in full. I've just seen like these snippets and everything is like a little bit like, I don't know. And they've even, they've reused, um, I'm not sure if this was done on purpose, but I saw that he reused a scene from like the, was it the amazing Spider-Man? Um, or maybe one of the other, um, original Spider-Man films, but I can't remember which one it was, but there's a scene where the, where the camera pans up a building and it's the exact same scene from that film. I'm not sure if she's like, if it's one of those things where she's thinking through, like she's like, um, you know, connected to his vision as he's like going through this, the streets or whatever, or it's like a flashback to something. I don't know, but um, I'm willing to bet they just reused the the scene because it, they thought people wouldn't notice. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like slapdash, rushed, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, this isn't about Madam Web, but it is because we're talking about the Transformers G.I. Joe crossover. And yet, like Bumblebee and Rise of the Beasts, um, I definitely preferred both of those movies to um, uh, the previous, or the, what was it, like two, three, four, five, six? Is that right? My goodness, of Transformers. I preferred Bumblebee and Rise of the Beast, obviously, to those later Transformers movies. But who wouldn't? But um, they obviously weren't like commercial successes. Critically, they were a bit better. Well, Bumblebee was. Rise of the Beast, you know, there's aspects of it I'm kind of like, that was a missed opportunity. Or that didn't, you know, this is kind of feeling a little bit like, you know, we're kind of slipping back into uh, Age of Extinction kind of territory here. But... um, overall it was one i actually managed to watch all the way through in one sitting and what was it because i was excited to see the end scene maybe uh, i'm pretty sure i saw the end scene before i saw the whole movie though um if i'm if i remember correctly the end scene of course spoiler alert is that um you know michael kelly the actor not the character name agent burke um he is speaking to noah diaz character name um for an interview after all of the aftermath of the you know the films happened so he goes to get um this job or you know the interview for this job michael kelly's there have the little chat michael kelly reveals to him that he knows exactly who he is his family what they've been doing and then what he's been doing and they really would like them to maybe help them join the fight they kind of protect you know the planet's um you know 
from certain threats and all this kind of stuff. And then um, you see, uh, uh, yeah, and then he kind of like hands him a card, buggers off to the back wall, opens it, and goes into a warehouse full of, um, you know, Black Ops, G.I. Joe stuff going on in the background, uh, including, I think, Scourge's spaceship, which is down there being worked on, being looked at. Um, so they're obviously, you know, re-engineer or reverse engineering uh, Cybertronian technology in that sense. Um, it's got real flight of the navigator vibes that has, you know, when they go in and try and get the the ship back. It feel. It, um, did anyone else feel that? Did anyone else remember that that scene in Flight of the Navigator when he is um, he's kind of in the hospital part of the military hospital part of the, of the movie towards the end, and they go and break in to try and get the ship back and everything. That's what it looked like when they opened the warehouse. I was like, oh look, we're back to Flight of the Navigator. Um, great movie, by the way. Um, anyway. So that happens, and then Noah looks at the card, flips it over, because it says Agent Burke on one side, flips it over, and it's got the G.I. Joe logo on it. So obviously, you know, that's what they're doing. They're going hard. They've talked about it after the fact. Uh, Stephen Cappell Jr. has discussed the fact that he want, he pitched it, and he wanted to do it, and he wanted to continue and do transform, another Transformers movie that had uh, some G.I. Joe elements in, incorporated. Lorenzo de Bonaventura has kind of confirmed those Um you know, those kind of points. So this is effectively here. This is where the interviewer from phase one on YouTube, phase zero, sorry, on YouTube said um, or asked, hey, what's going on with the Transformers G.I. Joe crossover? Any more kind of things you can talk about? And Lorenzo de Bonaventura's response was, the honest truth is I don't know. I know we are going to deliver on the promise we made. So he's like, at this point, he doesn't know like I think what he's what he means there is there's based on what the question was is he doesn't know um, any more than he did previously when discussing it, but he's saying then with a with a another in another breath that he's saying that they will though however go forward with it, um, and that that they're going to deliver on that promise that they made, the promise being that there's going to be a crossover with Giorgio and Transformers, and when I say a crossover. Um, they've said this as well in the past quite a lot and quite significantly that it will be a Transformers film and there will obviously be G.I. Joe elements sprinkled in. So it's not going to be a case of um, a Transformers versus G.I. Joe movie. It's going to be Transformers solely and then G.I. Joe is going to be brought in, slow, like you know, trickled in, basically. And I don't think it will be another end scene. I think they'll be in the film. Um, and we'll see characters and we'll see um, interaction and stuff like that. But I don't think it will be all the time for all of the film, all the way through, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be like bits and pieces here and there. Um, you know, sort of like how Sector 7 were introduced. You know, it's like they were, you know, it's only like probably about halfway through, I think, one of the films. And then they're in it all the time after that. So, um, yeah. Um, you know, it's got it's teased, and it? Sector Seven's teased a little bit uh, here and there, and then all of a sudden it's like in your face. I'm missing loads of comments. Sorry. Um, the real Zim says personally, I'd rather they do more animated movies or series like the Sumbo series. Live action GI Joe movies aren't nostalgic for me because that isn't what I grew up with. Uh, good point. Um, I think if they do live action, I think the TV or the kind of streaming series is probably a better option. Um, I do think they should do an animated series. I think an animated series would be great, and they could really go to town with it. 
I'm surprised they developed a Micronauts um, animation and didn't even th try a G.I. Joe one. I'd, I'm more surprised that, that, uh, that they actually developed a full run of episodes for Micronauts <coughs> than they... Do you know I mean? I'm more surprised they did that over a G.I. Joe one. Um, Bumblebee was good. Almost walked out of Rise of the Beasts. Awful, says Paul. Oh, I, you didn't... Okay, fair enough. Again, like, I... I Definitely prefer Bumblebee, 100%. And I think the reason I was mo more excited or more forgiving on Rise of the Beast was because of the, the G.I. Joe bit at the end that I knew was coming. Um, now I want Donald Glover to play Stalker and Arbed from Community to play Snake Eyes. Uh, well, um, hang on. Uh, Arbed did play Spirit, or what was it, Fourth Wall, in the Community episode. Um, who was Donald Glover in that? I've completely forgotten who Donald Glover was. Oh, he wasn't in it, was he, at that point? Yeah, he wasn't in that episode, because uh, he'd left by then. So it was um, Three Kids was Stalker, wasn't it? Um, Buzzkill was, like, Pathfinder mixed with, like, I, I don't know what. I don't know what she was supposed to be in terms of character. And then um, Alison Brie was uh, uh, the shipwreck Um Short, uh, what was it? That ship, something shore ship. That was it. Um, yeah, anyway, I was, I was thinking shore leave, but then shore leave was uh, Venture Brothers. I love how many uh, shipwreck kind of um, parodies there have been in the uh, in modern uh, media. Bay was much better suited for GI Joe than Transformers. Not sure he would have made a made good GI Joe, but it definitely plays more to his sensibilities. I kind of agree with that, Ryan, because he was all he was always that kind of like heavy with the military vibe wasn't he like he'd always have like the the newest military stuff um in in his all of his kind of uh, films and, and things like that there's all the, yeah and i like there was like always like a a thing where he would um actually get the real military in to do that stuff too uh still think the security guard at the end was mutt says jeffrey that's not a bad shout just because he's got a tash did he have i'm sure he, i think he did have a tash that's a good shout though I mean, he was effectively security. He was he, that little room he was in was the checkpoint alpha, <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and uh, junkyard was just hanging out in there too. But you wouldn't, you didn't see junkyard. But yeah, definitely that would have been cool if if, if it is muck. Great, bring it on. Back in the eighties, Spielberg has talked about doing a Joe live action film. Oh, what could have been? Oh my god, I don't, I didn't know that, Paul. I think I've missed that actually. I need to find out where he's talked about that, because that would be an interesting conversation. Um, with every mission using a different team, Hasbro should focus on a special mission series, four or five regulars and a different guest star or two for each episode. That would be great. That would be great. I, I would even say uh, you know, just new characters every episode. That would be, again, that would be shaking it up, doing something different, not like, you know, maybe have a couple of characters that re that return but you could really shake shake the formula up a little bit um but yeah you, they're always gonna you're right they're always gonna have like your core there'd always be like a core three or four minimum minimum three i think um for that um Back in the 80s, Spielberg had talked about doing a live-action Joe... Oh, sorry, I've already read that. How did I admit... Uh, if you didn't... Uh, anyway. Um, 
Independence Day vibes, opening the hangar to see the ship. Yes, Barking Fridge. Actually, you're right. It is Independence Day, isn't it? As well, like that. Um, same kind of thing as well. The ship's in like a stark white warehouse sort of thing, and yeah. Um, Bumblebee was the only Transformers story that you could edit out the Transformers, and it's the same movie, and a few robot scenes just feel like uninspired nostalgia bait. Oh, you don't like that one, Robert H. I really loved that movie. I thought it was much better. Also felt a lot like the pit reveal in Rise of Cobra. Yes, definitely. Uh, that was pretty bad though, wasn't it? Going down the the lift. I mean, it was it was it's a cool concept, but the the scale of that building is ridiculous. How is there an underwater training aquarium? Like, I mean, the, just think of the logistics of putting an underwater training aquarium the size of like. I don't know, like the size that it was with the vehicles in it hossing around, and there not be one catastrophic failure opportunities. The fact that it was above a bunch of levels as well and not the lowest level is the is the biggest ridiculous aspect of that uh, thing. Because if that has a catastrophic failure, then everyone below drowns, <laughs> basically. It just, I mean, it's just that, yeah. I mean, the pit's great as an idea, but having like a, a middle bit being like underwater, ridiculous. Um, if I was Hasbro and Paramount and our producer said, I don't know what we are doing, but he'd be gone. Um, it, this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't, you know, I feel like there just needs to be somebody else at the helm in order to progress and develop um, something better. Otherwise, we're just going to get the same thing over and over again. And I'm still going to be excited and talk about it and report on it and then, you know, this, that, and the other and speculate. And then when it's out, oh, tight ship. Thank you, Ryan. Um, yeah, not, yeah. I was, I'm again, I was getting confused with uh, Shore Leave, but yeah, tight ship is the, the name of uh, Alison Bree's character in uh, that community episode. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I feel like we're, we're going to be in this constant cycle until something changes basically um the next transformers movie can add the fojo characters from the episode lights camera cobra <laughs> i just want a transformers movie set on all cybertron humans ruin the movies honestly derek i have that that feeling sometimes with it like i'd love that that whole intro on that bumblebee movie was the best Transformers movie ever. Do you know that just that like Cybertron battle was great. And then like you know the sound effects and the music and it was just great. It was really cool and the action and you know if you're going to do a movie that is mostly CGI then yeah Transformers is the perfect movie to do that with. Just we do we really need um yeah, and that, that thing of like, yeah, but you know, you humans have to like, or we have to like resonate with the characters. We've been watching non-human characters in full in cartoons and movies and stuff our entire lives. It's not necessary all the time. You know, we can we can get away with watching the Transformers do some stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like we can do it. We give us the opportunity. Um, it really like, and it's not even that humans in general ruin it, it's that the choices of characters 
have ruined it for me. It's like these people who are like, you know, like normal people, but the, you know, it's just so, I don't know, over the top too much. It's like, just don't bother. Do you know what I mean? Like most of them are going to get squished anyway. <laughs> so just, let's just do, yeah, it's the relatable thing, but it's not true because you've got people voicing their characters. Like I said, we've been watching like animated series where there are no humans anywhere to, you know, anywhere to, 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 to see. And again, like I think, I think they just need to do it. They just need to do it, see how it works, and go from there. Um, and I, I tell you what, I don't relate to the Mark Wahlberg character in uh, Transformers in any way, shape, or form. I don't relate to any of the characters in them. But like I said, the most I could relate to was um, Haley Sein, uh, Steinfeld. Seinfeld. Stein. Sein. I forget her surname because it's so similar to Seinfeld. <laughs> but Haley, I can like I could uh, I could 100% relate to her character in that movie. I thought she was great. But like Mark Wahlberg's character just annoying. Um you know, Shia Burst's character just again, just a little bit ch chill out mate. Calm down a bit. You know, I'm not relating to any of those characters at all. And I think that's sometimes where the problems lie. I like the the military characters were quite good. Tyrese was over the top, but it was just the one character. It was like Tyrese was kind of like his Fast and Furious character, basically. Um, but you had, you know, uh, the rest of the team that kind of like leveled that out a little bit, you know, different kind of character, um, you know, personalities. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I let, let's try the Transformers on their own. Let's just try it. Let's see what happens. I think it'd be really cool. And again, just based off that that intro to Bumblebee, damn, give me that at least half the movie in that, not just like a few minutes. Please. Um, yeah, that's, that's another good point. Um, of course, it isn't true. Hollywood executives tend to be really stupid. There are some great articles out there where writers and directors mention the dumbest notes or demands from studio execs big time, Diana. I've seen so many of them. And I just, I look at some of those things sometimes and I go, you're really, it's, it's the, it's, it's a large scale version of when you're at work and someone who isn't like creative in any way, shape or form is like requesting something um, from you and they're, they're like, this is what I want. And they don't really know how to kind of put it, if you know what I mean. And it kind of, it, you know, it, it's like they can't explain what they want. And you kind of do it the exact specifications they want. And they're like, no, this is bad. And it's like, this is what you've literally asked for. And there you go. It's That's what you wanted. <clears throat> and it's like, no, I wanted something like this and it's like that is something like that um and then if you let that creative person do what they actually think would work in that situation based on their experience and um skill sets then you get something that is actually probably more likely wanted um but it's it's just a larger scale version of that isn't it it's working to brief and that brief is always a little bit all over the place and vague and terrible Paul, I know every single day of my work life. You say, "Yeah, exactly." 
Um, put a giant metal spider in it, says Barking Fridge. Amazing. Um, I just love a movie from the Transformers point of view where the humans are the aliens they encounter, not the main protagonists. Yeah, like G.I. Joe coming to Cybertron as Star Brigade. Um, Hollywood execs are the pinnacle of stupid people believing everyone is dumber than they are. Oh, God, yeah. That's a good point, Scott. Um, this story already exists, the UK Zoids. Absolutely, RKW. That's a cracking... Um, I love the I love the UK Zoids comics, man. They're so good. Um, and in fact, I told a story in the week about when I had pneumonia as a child, and my mom would bring me like comics and stuff. And I think some of the comics was was uh, were the ones that were like Zoids and Spider Man, because uh, I think they were like <clears throat> at this, around about the same time. But anyway. Yeah, that um, just reminded me of that. Anyway, that is uh, movie news this week. Let's get stuck in now uh, to what we're here for, and that is all our classified updates, which, let's face it, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah, so um, we had a lot of classified-related news this week, starting with some pre-production images courtesy of Nathan Camazel of Doc's Head Sculpt, removable shades, helmet, flare pistol, and taser in various different test shot plastic colours, and a number of Norga Hyde's parts added to a Zartan body to give us an idea of what we can expect to see very soon with the next figure and pet set. Although it probably would have made more sense to put him on a roadblock body, seeing as that's what it looks like he's on. In addition to that, we had brand new listings to reveal for what is likely 2025 products and images leaked of a new batch of Mad Marauders repaints, including the Sarge and a two-pack featuring Lowlight and Spirit, with a new animal companion, Niol, which is Navajo for Of The Wind. Uh, Niol. Niol. I actually, I actually looked at how to pronounce that the other day, and it was a lot more complicated than that, and it's, so I've already forgotten how to pronounce it properly. But anyway, um, very very lots of classified news this week. Um, Pastor Pro, you said, speaking to creativity, when you interviewed the Hasbro team, could you ask how they deal with staying fresh cheese bags and create when they just might not feel it that day, especially for such a big brand? I will. Ah, oh, that's a good question. I will definitely pass, pose that question. Uh, I like that. Suppose Mad Marauder's Mutton Junkyard will be a deluxe set again, uh, or there'll be a figure in pet set so I, i'd imagine we'd probably get mutton junkyard as the uh as the marauders in marauders colors um what is the animal though says daniel morgan we believe it is a golden eagle i think i think it's a golden eagle are they going to do celebrity joes or cobras uh other than the sarge i don't think I, they might do I, i'll ask him i'll see what they say um all the questions are coming in for Hasbro. I'm not speaking to them anytime soon. It's going to be like after the 29th, so we've got some time. Has there been any discussion on the Joe RPG? I haven't done that today, no, Scott. Um, let's look at this work. This is this work. This these updates. So first off, we've got Doc pre-production heads, shades, and helmets here on show in different flavors. Now it looks very likely that the um, the strap, the 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 kind of um, the chin strap, will be glued into the interior of the helmet. There, it's just showing you sort of 
that they come in two parts a lot of the time, Kitty said, and that then they're usually glued together uh, for the final piece. And it, it'll probably work in the same way that Tripwise Helmet does. Um, so don't worry too much about trying to fit it onto the old uh, head. The Tripwire one works perfectly. Uh, so I imagine this one will work in a very similar way to, um, to that. And of course, removable shades, which is really awesome. Um, and they're sitting interestingly on the head there. But again, uh, these are pre-production pieces. I'm sure they'll be very like they'll be there'll be things ironed out and worked out. And hopefully we'll have a decent pair of shades um, on Doc's head. Um, Doc Stretcher has got to fit the Dragonfly skids. It, I, I imagine it does. I don't think they would have missed something as as blatantly obvious as that. Um, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. Because I mean, looking at um, that's the thing. Looking at the dragonfly in in you know online and everything for reference and research and stuff, there isn't much in the way of visual representation of that stretcher working with the dragonfly. It's not something that you see, and it's not something that you um, like. There's not something that comes up a lot in search. Uh, things online. So it's possible they haven't noticed that. But it's also possible that people working there did know that and it will that's what we'll get. Um hoping the shades are translucent, says Scott. They could be. Um I don't know if they will be because his shades were kind of reflective um for the most part. So it'll probably just be they'll probably just paint them like or maybe have them like silver or something. Um but yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 see. We'll look at the look at the render again and see. Oh, they're green, aren't they? Green shades. So you want them to be kind of green, translucent. So yeah, they'll probably be they'll probably be just a thick green color, I'd imagine. But we'll see. Um, and then of course we have um, the taser and the flare gun there with the other, the other helmet in that kind of like uh, like you know my flesh tone. Uh, even though you know the light is kind of making me look a little white at the moment, a little whiter. Um, it's yeah, it's about that. It's about that color. Mm, it's a bit pink. It's a bit more pinky than my uh, than my skin. Anyway, um, there are your dock pieces. Lovely stuff. We also got well. Here we go. This is the render. So we know obviously that the the stretcher is going to be uh, foldable and it's going to work as a backpack. So that's awesome. Um, on the dock render, you can see his eyes through the lenses, so maybe transparent. On, yeah, uh, that's true. So I should have zoomed in on that. So maybe they are going to be transparent. Um, that's great, though. Thanks, Paul. Um, I sh there's no way I can see that from this distance, though. Like, it, it's not not a chance. So it's possible that the um, that the stretcher fits on the dragonfly skids. And again, I would be surprised if it didn't. And I think that would be one of those things where, you know, they they'll reveal it as a you know maybe as an update when they show Doc. They'll be like, oh, and guess what? Yeah, I'll, zo I'll zoom in on it, but I can't see right now. Anyway, that's um, that's Doc, his parts, and uh, some of his parts. Anyway, it's his head, shades, helmet, taser, and and flare gun. Uh, we obviously haven't seen the other kind of secondary elements. We haven't seen the stretcher. We haven't seen any of that yet. Um, hoping to very soon. That would be great. Uh, yeah, 29th, I think. I think on the 29th, we're prob we'll probably see Doc, we'll probably see Jinx, Night Creeper, and Torch. That That's my prediction. We'll see those four. I think we'll see the SMS, and I think we'll see Norgahide. Um, and then they'll save 
tripwire and, and roadblock for targets um, March geek out, I think. Um, the the stretcher is a backpack. Okay, yeah, it plugs into his back as well. Um, is Doc going to be a deluxe figure? No, he's not a deluxe figure. He's a single, um, he's in the wave of four. Doc, Jinx, Torch, and um, Night Creeper. They're in a wave of four figures. So we'll probably we'll probably see those um, on the 29th is what I'm expecting. Now, we also got this image on Weibo. Weibo, uh, I think, again, from, uh, was it from Nathan? Who, I think it was, I think it, it was found by Nathan um, on the Weibo site. And it has the pre-production head, hat, vest, necklace, wrist secondaries, machete, belt, and the other knife and sheath parts on Xandar's body. Xandar's body? Zartan's body. Um, so basically that's what we've got here. That's the that's the full build layout we've got going on. Now it's it's actually going to be um, roadblock, I believe they're using. Um, so I think it's going to it won't look exactly like this, but it gives us an idea of what to expect. Um, and they are two different um, pieces. They're kind of like different pieces. I think the belt's just lower, Rachel, than um, than the other one. I think it just sits lower, and the vests are probably about the same size. Because um, they're both coming. If you if you look at both of them, they're both kind of hitting just as the um, the the notch in the um, what's it called the chest crunch or the ab crunch. Sorry, um, starts on the side of the body. They're both hitting that line pretty pretty consistently. So I think they're the same size. Um, and of course, what is interesting is that the necklace is separate to the vest. Um, and I had. I'd, I'd kind of like expected them to do like the vest secondary and the necklace as all kind of one piece that kind of like keeps it on the body for, mo you know, you'd have to like bust it a little bit to get it off or at least like remove the head and the arms to get it off. Um, but I believe that the two vests are the same. They're just different um, uh, colors. That's all that's, that's different about them. They're the same sculpts, just different colors. And obviously, one color is bringing out the, the um, what do you call it? It's bringing out the detail of the sculpt more. Like the yellow is bringing out the detail more than the white because the white's kind of like, you know, with the lighting is kind of like flattening it out a little bit. So that's what you're seeing there. Um, it looks like there are two different hat um, colors as well. Um, the head looks the same. So it's like one head. And then all the other pieces seem to be the same as well. Um, the wrist secondaries, the machete with the loops that keeps it on his uh, wrist is pretty cool as well, and the um, the belt and the the actually uh, what is interesting here is he's got the the knife and the holster, the knife and the sheath on his thigh when it should be on around his ankle because if we look at the at this, you can see the, uh, the the sheath is there down by on his right ankle in like an homage to how his original vintage figure had the knife on the shin of his left leg. Um, so I think they were just, because it's Roblox legs they're using, and because so much is going on on the left leg, 
they probably thought, well, let's balance it out by putting the sheath on the other side because uh, you've got that kind of extra knee pad on the uh, the roadblock um, kind of figure on that left leg. So that's probably why I think they've probably done that. Uh, you know, they kind of like balance it out visually. So there is another element of necklace as well. There's other, the dog tags that he wears too. And I wonder if that's just another piece that'll be, you know, separate, um, which again is interesting. I thought they'd have just gone with the dog tags, the necklace and the vest as one whole piece. So to have multiple pieces, I, I quite like that. I'm quite into that. Very wolf trooper looking weapon. Oh, big time. It, it's got that. Um, I, well, what's really cool about it? It's a really gnarly machete in the first place. It's like a, it almost looks broken, but it's all like two blades have been fused to, together almost, but like very, you know, um, hastily, not like professionally. Um, and that's true. It's not final product. They could relocate the sheath. Through. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the, with the sheath, I said, I'm just saying it's interesting that the person who has put this together has put it there. Um, I think, I do think the sheath is meant for the, the lower leg, but we're, look, we're talking about a Zartan body in, instead of a roadblock one. So maybe they put it up there because it didn't look right hanging down all the way on the, on the, on the, le on the lower leg. Um, but this is what I'm saying is it's interesting that the person that, that built this particular, um, you know, for to take pictures of, put that sheath up there on the thigh when it's uh, supposed to be down by the, uh, uh, on the ankle, on the shin. What the hell do you call it? The lower, let's just say the lower leg. Um, yeah. And I'm also aware that because it's not final product, we might have, um, we might have a situation where the necklace and the vest or the neck, the two, the necklace and the dog tags are actually one piece. So there could be changes still. These are test shots after all. Um, and I just love, I do love the fact that we're seeing the wrist uh, gauntlets as well. And we of course, so well, we've got a arm kind of like a bicep uh, secondary that we've still got to see the dog tags and the rest of the weapons we know. So this is really just all about the new stuff, isn't it? Uh, the new kind of elements. And obviously the, the animals. Can't wait to see the animals. Calf. Thank you, Hydrus. Why couldn't I think of that word? What is wrong with me? Um, so yeah, that is what you're looking at there. Um, also, um, the belt on the left is the same as the one on the right, but um, it's kind of slipped a little bit and... Uh, and it's got the grenades a little bit closer to the front, but obviously it's just it's just slipped round. But you can see where how it's supposed to be on the other image. Um, in any case, very excited to see Norgahide finished and painted and with the right body and with his uh, pork belly and yobbo creatures. And uh, that is true, actually, Scott. Yes, Tunnel Rat has a mess of neck gear that's all over the place and it's all separated, yeah. He's got like the secondary holster. He's got the scarf. He's got the the bag. He's got all sorts of stuff going on, hasn't he? Um, why is it the one I always want to look at is the one in the wor worst position to find? Why every time? But yeah, um, you're right on that one. Looks like he stood on a Death Star droid. That's, it does look like the RKW. It looks like it kind of looks like that um, Terror Hawks. Is it Terror Hawks? Do you guys remember that show? It was like, um, I'm not sure if it made it to the US. I think it was in the US. 
but it was it had that weird like horrible nightmare fuel like old woman kind of witch looking person it was all like um uh puppet puppetry and kind of like you know that kind of vibe it was so it was so dark that show anyway um Norga Hyde, there you go standing on a death star droid a death star droid done right um and then there and of course we've looked at his um his render as well just to kind of match those pieces up so we're still waiting on the, the to see the uh dog tags the bicep strap and the animals of course uh brilliant stuff what's next leak listings okay this was fun so obviously we had a lot of, well I, I had planned to drop this information on the monday and then the mad marauders things got leaked and it was like well i guess i can update the list a little bit here um it just shows that the classified line has killed the black series line <laughs> it kind of feels that way sometimes doesn't it scott my goodness um anyway this is the the list like prior to updating it now obviously with the, the like i said with the leak of um marauder's sarge uh, we could reveal that uh buttercup is that in actual fact mad marauder sarge so gijocs tns buttercup f9235 for those keeping score on their spreadsheets is the mad marauders sergeant slaughter um now we also, like I said, got some brand new listings that are probably for 2025. Um, more information will come out as we go. We're just sticking them at the end here and keeping it on the 24 leak listings graphic for now. But it's ever so very likely that they're 2025 because there are theme changes. There are all sorts of different things. But those, re those reveals gave us some different designations, uh, as you can see in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. And some sort of new themes, basically. Uh, so that does kind of... And of course, they're G numbers now. And I know we've got a few G numbers uh, in 2024 with um, Nemesis Immortal and um, Highway Pet and Whip Snakes 2-pack. So we do have some of those G numbers creeping in already. Um, but it's it, it makes sense that we're going into a new year, basically. How has Whip Snakes stayed, Snake stayed hidden for so long? I don't know. There's so many. There are so many that I don't know how they stay under the radar for so long. I don't get it. And then some are like immediately out there. I don't get it. Um, the machete in the second picture looks bent, says Rachel. Oh, yeah, I'm, it did look a little curved. Yeah. But again, it's test shot. And it's, you know, I'm who I don't, I doubt that if, well, I want to, I'd like to say they've, they would have fixed those issues by now. But, you know, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. Um, Pebbles, probably Jinx and George for Doc. Well, yeah, figure six pack. But the thing is, we that we have the, the genders don't match the code names a lot of the time. Dreadnought torches Jane for goodness sake. So, like, I can't honestly say one is one and the other is the other. Yeah, it could very well be that, but we don't know at all. Um, but anyway, coming back to the new listings. Uh, we just know that they are Doc and Jinx. We just don't know which one's which. Um, so BB is the the new designation for this particular um, couple of figures. BB Daria Deluxe and a BB Salvador. Now, 
we can't really find a thematical connection between Salvador and Daria. Daria was in Beavis and But was in Beavis and Butthead and was a spin-off of Beavis and Butthead. So that's probably what the BB stands for, but we don't know what the BB relates to. So for example, if you're struggling to understand what I'm getting at, if you go back last year or this year, MM means mystery machine because it's scrappy, scooby, shaggy, shaggy, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right? So but it means something. It relates to something. It doesn't. Yes, it means that it's um, you know uh, the mystery machine, but it also means that it like MM effectively means like some sort of vehicle or some sort of you know like standalone significant piece. Does that make sense? And then uh, HB means Hanna Barbera. We're, we're guessing because it's um, it's related to all Hanna Barbera characters, right? But that also means something, and HB relates to uh, in most in in fact all cases we've seen so far, exclusives: Target, Walmart, Pulse. Um, not necessarily Amazon because I don't think Amazon have a direct exclusive that we are aware of at the moment. They just seem to do the Fanmazon thing now, which is Fan Channel and Amazon. So I don't think Amazon just has a standalone. Um, uh, exclusive as such um so yeah so even though they mean something for the theme they also mean something in reality as well even though it's not clear so bb is probably going to mean something significant i would imagine so adaria deluxe we don't know what it is we don't but we know that it's a deluxe figure and then it's probably going to have a um you know a significant like addition to that particular thing it doesn't mean vehicle because we get different code names for that we get vh designations for vehicles so it's definitely a deluxe it comes with something significant and bb is going to start meaning that in the future so that's what bb salvador means but because it's not a deluxe it means something probably smaller but more significant um but we don't again not a clue it's all kind of guesswork at the moment until we start seeing the pattern come out um we need an interview with the person picking these codes. Yes, we blooming well do. Uh, now, the next group of codes are retro ones, and it's retro AN, which could mean retro, you know, well, it could mean a lot of things. Initially, I thought I thought um, animation. Then I th then someone said an anniversary, but it seemed like we're kind of, it's already an anniversary. You know, retro is already talking about stuff that's happened in the past. And then you look at the actual designation and it's Pinky, Brain, and Elmira. So Animaniacs is effectively what that designation is all about. So the AN Pinky, AN Brain, AN Elmira means that it's an Animaniac, Animaniacs theme. And maybe it just is the new designation for retro figures. And that's all that is. And that makes sense and doesn't necessarily need a lot more thinking going into it. So I just assume... The AN Pinky, AN Brain, and AN Elmira are the thematic code words for retro figures, basically. Now, the next one is a head scratcher. Legacy RR Tommy. Now, my first, again, my first thought is all about the legacy aspect. The RR Tommy is very likely Rugrats and Tommy from the Rugrats, right? Uh, so this is going to be a new theme, which means a new subline, does it not? based on previous. And legacy, that has all sorts of connotations. Now, could it be as 
simple or as straightforward as Tommy being Storm Shadow, right? And could the legacy mean, and this is all guesswork, this is all speculative, and it, a lot of the time it doesn't mean this on the nose like it's about to sound, but could legacy mean that era of classified that never really happened? So the first wave of like designs, the higher toys design mandate, basically, where you're looking at Yakuza Storm Shadow, you're looking at uh, Purple Hair Baroness, you're looking at um, who else are we looking at? Oh, uh, different decos in like you know Beachhead and um, the Cobra Trooper being completely different, that sort of thing. Do you think they might be doing something like that? Is that like a thing? You know, and is that like a way of getting that um, Storm Shadow out with the 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 kind of Yakuza tattoo, the kind of sleeve tattoo, and the and the silver face mask and all that kind of stuff um you know like again in that kind of legacy space you could be talking about characters that we didn't see you know like out of operation blackout like sci-fi who uh rachel has mentioned here and death valley machine has mentioned um rkw says legacy would be 12 inch well if you're going yeah i guess if you you talk if you think about it in like a stronger than retro vibe yeah i guess i guess it could be a 12 inch call out as well I'm personally gonna um I'm gonna sit at the moment my brain is locked in and you know there's not much you can do about this you you, you come up with a theory and sometimes it, st it sticks with you and sometimes it disappears when someone else mentions something I'm gonna I feel quite strongly that it might be some sort of legacy geared towards that period of classified that never really saw the light of day um so I'm gonna go with that you know concept art Kind of like the Ralph Macquarie of um, of classified here, um, but yeah, it could be things like that. I, I'd be, you know, I, I'd be quite into something. I think that sounds quite interesting, and it doesn't have to be like a big line. It could be like the odd figure here and there. And considering we've only got one uh, listing of it, where we've got multiples of others, it, you kind of think, oh, maybe they'll just it'll be like one legacy figure every now and again. They'll do. Uh, with different packaging and different loadout and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll see, I guess. Rugrats young. Rugrats equals young equals Vietnam, Tommy. Yeah, again, I this is the thing. I would love to think that there are these kind of, like, hidden kind of, like, codes in there, but most of the time it is not relatable to anything that we know Um you know, like Tommy being Storm Shadow's name is almost certainly going to not be Storm Shadow because of that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that's all about. Now, the reason, also, I should add the reason the retro figures have question marks um, and no numbers is because the listings we have, those three retro figures all have the same number, which is weird. So, I'm going to confirm. Uh, eventually, what their individual numbers are, and then put them on there. So I didn't want to put the I didn't want to put the actual number that we have for it because it's it's the same one for each one, and that doesn't make any sense. So eventually, hopefully, we'll have that information ironed out a little bit, and I'll add it to the list. Um, and hopefully, we'll be able to update some of this, some more of this very soon. I'm hoping for some name only reveals on the 29th. Again, I'm, I'm saying it's going to happen because it just seems like very likely. Uh, but no official word yet on the 29th. Um, so let's move on quickly. So, yeah, sorry, 
before I move on. So I'm hoping for some name only reveals. If we get some name only reveals um, for the 29th and they correspond to some of the ones we haven't got on here, they're going on there. All right. Um, if we get a um, render reveal without getting a name only reveal first and they re represent one of the names on here, I'll update immediately. Okay. So we'll get to that as soon as we uh, as soon as we can. Um, now, yes, this is this is uh, this was probably my mo I, the most exciting reveal, I guess, of the um, uh, what do you call it? Robert H says legacy could just be reprints like what Star Wars does. Hopefully, not repaints or re repaints. Right? Um, it pro it could be. But I don't think I don't think there's a um, I don't necessarily think there's a market for that. I think there's a market for things we haven't got yet is what I think, and I don't I think it would be throwing away a lot of possibilities if they were to allocate budget to what is effectively something that I don't think many people would really care about. People don't buy repaints of like Tiger Force figures. Um, because they're repaints. I don't think, you know, doing an ever so slight different repaint version just to like bring another figure out that, you know, I don't think it's worth it. There's not enough instances, I think, of people missing out on certain figures. Um, anyway, anyway, um, let's talk Mad Marauders. Now, this was, I think this was the, definitely the most exciting reveal of the week. It certainly was for me. Um, and it allowed us to kind of unlock one of those um, those listings for people as well, which is great. And that is the Mad Marauders Sergeant Slaughter. Now, a couple of things to mention here. We could be looking at um, certainly like a, a kind of pre-production sample, not yet final packaging, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also likely we're seeing effectively what the packaging exactly is going to look like. So you could be seeing both here. Um, sorry, you could. Sorry, not both. That's impossible. You could be seeing either Penny Rooster, Elmira joined um, the uh, Animaniacs uh, towards the end, or Pink. Sorry, Elmira joined Pinky and the Brain uh, later in the seasons. Check your facts before you come flying in here with your tiny tunes garb. I'm just kidding, but yeah, uh, that was pointed out a number of times in the week, and also pointed out that Elmira did in fact join the um, Pinky and the Brain. So that's where the connection is, okay? Um, so now we're talking Mad Marauders. And the Sarge, again, like, this is really cool. Um, I'm really glad we're getting another Sarge. And I'm really glad not only are they giving us another Sarge, but he's getting a few other bits and pieces here as well, which, again, is like, you know, it, I think it's kind of like, you know, in response to the way that deluxe figures are priced. Um, that first Sarge, there was a deluxe price on it because of the fact that it was the Sarge. It had to be a bit more expensive because of the licensing and so on and so forth. I feel like we're in a position now where they can throw in a few more items and maybe keep the same price point. I could see this still being $34.99. I don't know if it is exactly. I'll have to check if I've got information on that. But um, uh, I would imagine it will. they'll try and keep it to that deluxe price point. And the fact that they've thrown in the weights and the and the gloves, epic. 
just what a great addition. Something I honestly never would have thought of doing. You guys might have done, and that's totally cool. But from my perspective, and I think the reason I like it so much is because it never dawned on me to include those items with the Sarge. Um, so I'm really like, I don't know, I'm just really happy he's getting some cool stuff, including the blue repaints of the gloves. And I wonder if oh, you can't really see or tell. Uh, it's probably unlikely that they do, but you, know, you never know. I don't know. There's, there's, I'm not sure if it's like the plastic behind it or it's just the shading, but they could have a, a Marauders logo on the gloves. It could be there. Um, but yeah, that's something we'll have to see in the future because the gloves are kind of like on the side. So you're seeing them like like that. You're seeing like the thumbs from above. Um, thumbs from above. I don't, that isn't a reference to anything. Um, but yeah, I love the fact that we've got the weights in there as well. Just really cool. Um, oh, you see, this is another, yeah, that's another thing that um, I wasn't aware of, uh, Travis. Uh, Gridiron did the Sarge weight set, so they're clearly watching third party closely, and that's a good thing. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know Sarge had a specific uh, weight set um, for Gridiron, actually. I thought the weight set was just a random weight set. Like, I thought it was like a, you know, just for everybody, not just the Sarge, if you know what I mean. Um, gonna do the Ali Frazier shot with Sarge and Big Boa. Scott, who's gonna be uh, Ali in that? shot by the way is Sarge going to be Ali with Big Bow on the ground or are you going to do it the other way around it depends doesn't it like what uh you know what faction you rep setting up a battle in the gym against Big Boa swole wars indeed <laughs> I came up with an idea I came up with an idea a lot long ago um for a name of a, of a reality show called swole mates <laughs> and it was going to be like a dating show but for just people that work out and uh, then I think, I think that name was actually used on some random like animation, like a Japanese like manga sort of animation. Anyway, Swole Mates. I couldn't stop thinking. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever come up with in my life, but obviously not. Sarge Ali, obviously. There you go, uh, Scott. Cool, of course. I I had. Do you guys remember in? Um, Arise the Pencil Arise when the Sarge is thrown in the brink and the brig, not the brink, he's thrown in the brig and they lock the door. It's like a proper, like, you know, electronic job. And he gets up, kind of like shakes off being like, you know, knocked out. And then he undoes the screw. He undoes the screws of the panel can, that, that's, you know, the electronic panel, which why would that be on the interior, by the way? Uh, he undoes the screws with his fingernail. I had to do that the other day at work with one of my with, with my fingernail because I couldn't find a um, screwdriver anywhere. So I was just like, I couldn't be bothered. I'll just do it. And, and I did it. I did a Sarge and my nail was strong enough. And it was, it. I wish I'd, I should have filmed it because it was well hard. It was like, <laughs> it, the screw was well in there. I'm like, oh, there's no way this is going to work. And I went, and it went, and it, it eventually went. It was a bit painful. I'm not going to lie. And it and it worked. So yeah, I uh, did a Sarge, and I wanted to I wanted to post about it, but I thought there's no way in hell I could make this sound right, so I didn't bother. But anyway, um, yeah, Sarge, you should come with a finger with a, a little fingernail on it that he does to unscrew uh, panels. But yeah, love the fact he's obviously got his hat, he's obviously got his shades and his uh, whistle. He's got that AK still. Um, he's got the spare hands and he's got the baton. You can see all of that in the image. And he's got his minifigure, which looks to also be Marauder's paint uh, decoed as well, which is great. 
Uh, Chris with that Sarge strength. Only in the finger, though, Kitty said. Um, but then the additional items of the weights and the gloves, and I think that's great. I think that's a good loadout. He might even have more things that we just can't see, but it's unlikely because they obviously they have to kind of have everything on show now. Um, at least if you kind of look on the sides of the, you know, through the angles of the package, you can see everything. Um, but yeah, really excited that we're getting another Sarge and it's a Mad Marauders deco. Um, and the deco is interesting, isn't it? They've gone very vintage inspired with it on the Sarge because, I mean, what else? You can't really do much else with the with the breaks that you've got um, on that particular figure. But we also get low light and spirit iron knife with Niol. Uh, now the beautiful part, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out how to pronounce it properly because I need to get it in my head. What like, and I'll, I'll play it out loud so everyone can hear the pro the proper pronunciation. Um, Neol pronunciation. There we go. Not in English. This is this is a uh, great. What's the word? I I did have it on here. So where has it gone? I haven't taken it down, have they? If I put Navajo, I think that helps. I think I just put it in there. I did. I, oh. I think I just put it in, um, what's it called? I just kind of, I typed it in, um, uh, I didn't put it in YouTube is what I'm getting at. Neol Navajo name. I want to, I want to pronounce it though. Yeah, here it is. Ready guys? Um, this is this is the correct pronunciation of this this name. Niol. Niol. Okay, that's Niol. Like they're two separate words. N i h yol. Niol. Okay, so Niol is the name of this bird, which I think we've sort of worked out is a golden eagle. Um, I believe I've just got to check that as well um quickly because i can't remember if we what which one we fell on oh golden eagle golden eagle yeah that's, that's what i said yeah so i think we're, we're we're basically thinking it's a golden eagle um and that is what we're doing so there we go i i there will be more information about this particular character as well i'm assuming or oh, this is the thing like we'll probably find out soon but do you think, this is a question actually, because obviously we just talked about our preview of what we think is going to happen on the 29th. Do we think these are going to be included? I think as a possibility, honestly, but do you think they'll maybe, we're seeing them a bit early? Because that's the thing, like, is, is it, sometimes we see these leaks and it's close to one of these events. And sometimes we see these leaks and it's so early in the process that we don't get it for months. So it's it's hard to gauge, isn't it, basically? Um, so I wonder if, yeah, I, I do wonder about, about that. Um, I can't really, I don't really know is the, the, the other thing. A lot of people calling this a custom. 
Well, that's mental, isn't it? When it's clearly a Joe fan stream in less than two weeks. I mean, how many times do we have to go through this 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 dance? We've seen like this is the thing that happens. We see like Wolf Spider happened the same with Wolf Spider happened the same with um, Wolf Spider had the same uh, the same thing happened with uh, so many the Bat and the Alley Viper. Do you remember when those pre production parts leaked for the Bat and the Alley Viper and people were saying no, it's bull. It's like they're just it, it's not you know got anything to do with it. Yada yada yada. It turned out yeah, that's exactly what they were. Um, but this is we go through this dance every time. When you have, well, we knew that low light and spirit as a two pack were coming, so for us, it's a no brainer. This is legitimate. We knew that the Sarge was coming, Mad Marauders. So it's weird that those two exact sets appear after knowing they're on the line plan. Like, it's not a custom. Now, the the other, I mean, the argument for it being a custom is that they could have or they could know that those items are coming and they've mocked up customs including including may i add brand new interior plastic trays that fit the characters weapons and accessories exactly correctly <laughs> that's one hell of a custom uh, i haven't seen customs that good yet i haven't i've seen customs like the actual figures look phenomenal um, I've never seen packaging done to. Uh, I think the the best level of packaging I've ever seen done were those um, Transformers crossover sort of things by. It's a Scott, and I can't remember his full name. I think it's Scott somebody. I can't remember the name. Someone let me know in the comments. But um, the um, those are great. Like there's a gem crossover with the Transformers. They did like an Optimus Prime gem crossover. And like G1, and the boxes look perfect. But that's the thing. It's like really hard to kind of get that that level of quality. And these might not even be the final production ones either, like the, the boxes. Um, but I would I'm going out on the limb and saying, yeah, we're getting these. And same with the Sarge, it's happening. But I don't know if we get them on the 29th, is the question. They'll probably I think these are probably for an like a bit later on, but you never know. Um Using the his tank list of dates, slaughter is due out in September. Um, yeah, so probably more likely Yojo June sort of scenario then, in it. Um, which is again that make that lines up quite nicely. Um, come for the Joe news, stay for Chris fighting with the internet. Exactly, it's difficult, isn't it? Like always. Always locked in a battle. It looks like a raven, but yeah, I don't think it is. How's it hanging, says Andrew? Hello, how are you doing? Uh, usual. And cheese bags, I like it. Uh, Paddy would pronounce it Neil. <laughs> yes, he would. I'm glad we got a new bird to avoid the jokes about dying animals like Max. Exactly, pass. Yeah, I'm always, that's always what I'm, that's, that's my, yeah, constant thing. Wolf Spider was leaked months before he was announced. He really was. Major Blood was leaked before we saw him. Was he RKW? I think you're right, yeah. I had a golden eagle that lived behind our house, never seen one with grey beak and legs. You've never seen one with legs? Or with grey legs? Because maybe it got in a bit of a fight there. Um, 
and custom package printed professionally only to show them off with fake leaked photos from a 2005 Motorola Razr phone. <laughs> yeah, if that is the case, like, what's the point? Um, yeah, not customs. People would be proud of their work and want credit. We've seen fake custom renders, not painted figures. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this might be a Yojo June kind of lineup thing, definitely. Uh, morning says Jeremy. We can start over from the beginning now. Okay, let's go to the let's go to comics news. Just kidding. I'm waiting for a curveball from Hasbro with a retro stalker that comes with a deer. That would be a blooming. That would be a hell of a blooming curveball. Um, Brian says, "Hey guys, I'm finally caught up. Great stuff, Chris, and good morning to you all. Awesome. Right, so good morning to you as well. Um, yeah, so with low light and spirit, like we talked about Niol, um, which is how I'm pronouncing it from now on." Um, and also that the the accessories are interesting here because we're getting like a mixture of different stuff. We're getting like um, Outback's backpack. Um, we're getting some like different things that don't necessarily come with the original versions of these figures, which I think is great. Like you've got the shovel there as well, which goes with Outback's backpack too. Um, you know, you've got the, I think you've got, was it Zartan's sniper rifles in use somewhere? I think with low light. Um, there's there's just some interesting kind of choices that they've thrown in here, and I really like the fact they're mixing it up. Uh, the decos look nice as well. Spirit looks good. Uh, low light looks really good. And I'm going to have to get these because the um, um, I'm going to have to yeah because I, I feel like you know that low light that came out in the UK is um, is is like spot on with this. Um, I would say Jeffrey, then they might not be grey legs. They kind of might actually be yellow. Um, it, the lighting is not great, and I, it looks like there's a hint of yellow in those legs, honestly, from me looking at it here. Um, so I think they might be yellow, genuinely. Um, say Outback's backpack five times fast. Outback's backpack, Outback's backpack. No, I can't. I just run out of, I run out of enunciation. A thought from Flaffle is that legacy could mean international figures from G.I. Joe history, like Glenda, perhaps. Uh, well, I guess we'll see, won't we, at the end of the day, what it might be. But again, it could be anything, and we won't know until we, A, see a character attached to it, or we see some sort of um, pattern emerge. Uh, right then, so that is Low Light, Spirit, and the Sarge, Mad Marauders leaks. Really excited for these. Um, because it, I like sub-teams, and so does Jeremy, apparently. Definitely getting these as Marauders is my second favourite sub-team behind Night Force. You like all the dark colours, I like it. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, Tiger Force is a... I, I love the fact we get these little sub-team collections. Night Force as well, Python Patrol, um, the Dreadnoughts kind of counts for me. Um, and of course, yeah, like... Uh, the Mad Marauders, and the fact that Barbecue's just been hanging out, just not knowing what he's doing, just being like, why am I dressed like this? Why did you put me in these colours this whole time? And now he's going to get some friends, and we're going to build that sub-team, which is great. Um, anywho. Yeah, and what... So, hang on, let's think what, what's left for Mad Marauders, uh, for Slaughter's Marauders. Uh, you, you can... Let's start Vintage. Footloose, Mutton Junkyard. Is that everyone? Footloose, Mutton Junkyard, Low Light, Spirit, Sarge. Were there any others? 
I genuinely can't remember. Um, but Footloose, obviously, we need Footloose, don't we? Um, we definitely. I, I, I personally think we need we need uh, Footloose. So they'll probably it'll be like a um, what's the word? Kind of like a pre-paint, I'd imagine, on that. Yeah. So barbecue, we've already got, of course. Footloose, um, low lights coming. Mutton junkyard, Sergeant Slaughter's coming, and Spirit's coming. So. Mutton Junkyard is an easy repaint, done. And then Footloose is obviously going to have to be a maybe either a pre-paint or we see that figure first or what have you. But they could get the Marauders done pretty sharp, like the, the original 1989 crew anyway. Then you could technically add um, the, Renega the, the Renegades, um, Mercer, Taurus, Red Dog, who obviously appeared in that seven pack back in 2011 um you could also include um based on that falcon but again i think that would need we would need we would need falcon done again we would need that re like a redone head basically then you technically could add sergeant smasher and hardball because they were added to the later club uh, Slaughter's Marauders set, weren't they? So I think that's all of them at that point. And then I think if they did like a Hasbro thing or like a G.I. Joe team, that they love doing this, they could throw in some new characters that have never been in Marauders before. And I think, and this has been mentioned by many people on the streams in the past, but I think Covergirl would be a great addition to the Marauders and would give us a repaint of that particular figure. And you never know, we could get vehicles uh, as well, seeing as we're in the vehicle territory. So we could get that Lynx um, with Covergirl. How cool would that be? I think that'd be dope. I think that would be crazy dope. Um, anyway, I don't remember. Wasn't Barbecue a Target exclusive when he came out? No. Uh, Barbecue was uh, part of the figure, five-figure wave. He was a... Um, he was originally supposed to be in a, you know, when they were doing different, they were doing like three figure waves, weren't they? And then what they did was they kind of merged a bunch together and barbecue was, he was just a regular standard retail, one of, um, one of the crew sort of, um, yeah, figures. He wasn't a deluxe. He wasn't, well, you know, sorry, well, obviously he wasn't a figure with pet. He wasn't a figure with a vehicle. He wasn't a, an exclusive in any way, shape or form. He was just a standard issue, Mogad issue. Um, blonde cover girl, Jeffrey. Yes. So you could do like a different hair piece, a different head kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Paul says maybe a different head or two with junkyard from the ones we got with the original release. I could see that. Definitely. Mercer's got to be coming soon with recent media. Oh yeah, I'd love I'd love Mercer. 100 percent Um yeah, good shouts here, guys. Classic color barbecue was what was classic color barbecue i don't remember what he was solo release was he he wasn't in a wave was he in was it cobra island was barbecue cobra island i don't recall that it's been so long now. I'd have to have a look. Yeah, Target. Okay, Barbecue was Cobra Island, wasn't he? Okay, yeah, he was. Yeah, interesting. Did he come out with the 
he did he come out with the ram he did didn't he it's interesting that the regular barbecue was an exclusive and the marauders one was a wave figure interesting isn't it very very interesting very weird uh anyway um yeah with break i thought so I thought that was the case. I just remember those two at the same time, and I knew that obviously Bray. I just forgot they were Cobra Island exclusives because I'm. You, you kind of think now, don't you? Everything's thematic uh, or sub-themed, sub-themed. But yeah, not in that case. Anyway, yeah. So that is Mad Marauders, Low Light Spirit, and the Sarge. Now, like we've said in the past, or what we're thinking is that Hasbro will be doing something on the on late February 29th, very likely, as a event, as an event. Um, because obviously based on this Entertainment Earth drop zone kind of uh, drop, 10 a.m. Pacific is 1 at 1 p.m. Eastern, which lines up with what they've done in the past uh, with live events around 11 a.m. Eastern with a 1 o'clock, um, uh, you know, what you call it? Pre-ordered drop. Yeah, the pre-orders. So expect that um on the 29th and i'm um, expect an official announcement maybe next week probably not this week but probably next week they do because they're doing quite close don't they um they have just dropped another they've, they've done literally all of the brands so far so gij's next we know it's coming let's go let's effing go and of course what do we know so far we've got unofficial leaks with retro cobra commander road pig heart wrencher Iron Grenadiers, Bat, Thunder Machine, and Snowcat. So these are all possibilities for name-only drops, um, name-only reveals. Um, so yeah, that's that's exciting. Um, and then of course you've got possibly the Stinger in there. You've possibly got Heavy Duty. We could throw in there. Uh, lots of different kind of options you could throw about at the moment for name-only reveals. And then obviously just things off the top of your head that could be any blooming name-onlys. Uh, Ryan wants a payload name only reveal. That'd be great. Um, yeah, probably after the Marvel Legends stream, we'll get an announcement, Scott. Yeah, you're probably right on that one. Uh, just definitely closer to the 29th. Um, uh, yes. And then, of course, we've got name only reveals currently, which will probably end up being digital renders to some degree. I expect to see I, I expect to see the four figure wave revealed as a as renders. So Alpine, um, Iron Grenadier, um, the IG Bat that I'm and the other figure. I kind of well, we can't mention yet, but I kind of expect to see those four figures kind of revealed as renders. I sort of expect to see the retro beachhead eels and snow serpent shown off. I expect to see the ferret. As a render, I expect I do. I'm almost expecting Stardust, a Raptor, and Nemesis Immortal as well. I'm expecting pretty much everything on screen except Leatherneck and Xandar, who are a little bit further out. So I think they're 2020, 2025. So I expect to see a lot of those. Um, I expect to see Alpine version one, Miguel. Um, you know, his kind of classic. The one that's on the screen at the moment is the one I'm expecting to see, not the uh, shorts version. But you never know. They could pull a, a little fast one. And it could be um, old little short shorts, Alpine. They're not short shorts. They're fairly mid-size. Um, but yeah, we could uh, we could see that. That'd be really cool. It's a great figure. Like the four-inch modern version I really enjoyed um, in both Tiger Force flavors and regular FSS flavors. Um, and of course, obviously, the, the one that's based on the new Scott era version. But yeah, that'd be wicked. Does Spirit's Golden Eagle have a different head sculpt, I wonder, says Eduardo. 
I don't know yet. We'll have to, again, this is all something for when they actually reveal it or we get better pictures of it. Chris even left Xandar for last when putting this graphic together. I did, yeah. And we're going to be talking Let's Talk Classified Xandar either later today or tomorrow. But I will, obviously, you'll know when it'll go live. Uh, Alpine with Yodeling Head. Yes, definitely. But I see. I expect to see all of these bar Leatherneck and Xandar in digital render form because they tend to do. They tend to go absolutely nuts with digital renders now. It's like, oh, there's a four-figure wave and a deluxe and a this and a that. Um, uh, excuse me. Bear with me two seconds. Um, so yeah, the next up, um, <laughs> I can't multitask. I'm sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm expecting for the for the digital renders, and then of course we've got digital renders that we already have um, that I'm expecting to see in kind of physical form. I expect to see uh, Nightforce Ripcord, Glender, and Crazy Legs updates. Um, like for the the dragonfly, I expect to see um, for pre-orders. I expect to see Doc, Jinx, Torch, and the Night Creeper as the four-figure wave, and I'm definitely expecting the SMS and almost certainly Norgahide. Um, I probably expect those, and then Tripwire and Roadblock later, and I expect the Mad Marauders stuff as well later too. Honestly, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're expecting for the. Um, you know, for the whole for the for the whole show for the 29th, we will obviously um, find out probably a bit more information beforehand um, in terms of the pre-orders. Um, usually, we get leaks, don't we, the night before? So I I'm kind of imagining like that we'll see it before we actually see it revealed and officially. Uh, and yeah, and there we go. So like I said, we'll be doing uh, let's talk classified Xandar either tonight or tomorrow. That's all prepped and ready. And then, um, yeah, we've got so much planned. I've got so many interviews lined up. We've got uh, Brian Flynn uh, next week, this coming week. Uh, so we'll be talking Super 7 stuff with Brian. And um, the, the Hasbro thing will happen after the 29th now. Um, and what was the other thing? Um, there's, there's so much I've for, just forgotten off the top of my head, but we'll, you know, we'll get to it. We'll get there. Um, right, let's move on to shout-outs, and we'll finish this episode out for you guys. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, shout-outs as per usual. Um, let's roll through them. So, first up, shout-out to Pat, who can't be on the show again. I feel like it's getting uh, to the point where it's just me in it, basically. Um, so, yeah, Pat, uh, shout-out to Pat, and, of course, to Phil on Articulated Points. Um, go check them out. Great show. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll have more episodes to check out of them very soon. But if you're here, he'd be able to tell us what's coming, and he's not. So, sorry, Pat. Um, next up, then, of course, we have um, my wonderful wife, Kate, who I was just multitasking with a second ago. Um, uh, big shout out to my wonderful wife, Kate, and my lovely little Phoebes, and the entire families in the UK and the US. Um, yeah, be looking forward to seeing everyone again soon, um, trying to work out how that's going to work this year as well. Uh, so exciting times, trying to book flights and all that kind of stuff. Can't wait to come back to the UK again. Can't wait to go and see the folks in Missouri as well. It's going to be great. 
very very exciting times um do 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 bullhorn shouts out sugar he does doesn't he uh, every time so yeah big shout out to 2k and uh yeah having a great time at the moment massive shout out to brian sour um for the wonderful graphics and of course massive shout out to his other venture uh, assembly required um which is uh, kind of announced now more information will be coming soon 13th annual Iowa GI Joe convention. And we all we know so far is that it's probably a Destro Iron Grenadiers theme, I, re I reckon, November 8th and 9th, 2024. So uh, more information will come out, um, you know, for like hotels and, you know, if you if you want to be a re if you want to be a seller there, a uh, vendor, that all that information will come out. And then um, I'm, I'm imagining gear kits and stuff like that as well for the show they do a lot of cool stuff uh with assembly required so i i'm very excited to see what what is this one is all about as well um and of course massive shout out to david gillis um and brian hickey for the more news as it's made kickstarter uh, link in the description to go and pledge right now it's going to have a forward by bob breakin legend um palatoy legend bob breakin and very good friend of the show a very good friend personal friend um, Bob Breakin. So that is awesome news as well. So if you haven't pledged for that, go go do it now. Let's get this over the line. Um, also, massive shout out to Scott Johnson, who um, posted this wonderful Tripwire original pencil and ink artwork um, on his socials uh, for sale, in actual fact. $400 plus $12 shipping in the US. Amazing um, for this original piece of artwork, which is absolutely gorgeous, by the way. Uh, the tripwire one. It's phenomenal. Um, talked about it quite a lot in the news burst earlier in the week. Um, so I won't kind of, you know, linger too long, but amazing work. Beautifully done, Scott. Um, and then, of course, Kickley's been at it again, like all week long. We've had a Destro and Despoiler. Love that. Amazing stuff. We've had Captain Gridiron. Of course, we had the Super Bowl. So big shout out to uh, the family, the Kansas City Chiefs fans who were very excited. And I must admit, I was very excited because I got to go to bed shortly after the uh, touchdown. And it was like work the next day. And I was just like, you know, I really want to go to sleep right now. Uh, but I, we have to watch overtime now. And then Pat Mahomes threw the touchdown. And it was like, great, let's move on. I can go to bed now. But no, it was it was, it was was very exciting. Crazy game. Uh, but anyway, that prompted Kickley to do a Captain Gridiron's uh, piece. And it's absolutely stunning, isn't it? Really love this. Uh, taking out a ton of troopers. Um, and then, of course, we've got Outback, a, another beauty. He's done so many, it's ridiculous. Um, oh, yeah, and Skeletron have just started shipping, haven't they? Yeah, I just got my uh, I got my notification yesterday, I think, for the Robo Skull book and everything. Can't believe that that is on its way as well. Like, brilliant. Um, but yeah, Outback, phenomenal. Um, I love this one as, as well. Again, just a, just a solid piece. Um, and Outback's a, a favorite of mine as well. So yeah, great stuff. And then then we started to get these really cool little um kind of this again. This is full of homage. I love this one. Like if you really, if you really like zoom in, you can start seeing things uh that you didn't necessarily notice. Of course, you've got Serpentor and Mindbender in the foreground, sort of like um un about to either unveil or cover over. I think cover over. The bride of Serpentor who's being created on the desk, who looks to have four boobs, which is interesting, and a full-on snake face, which is kind of cool too. Um, but obviously, they're they are creating this um, this kind of like 
Serpentris for Serpentor uh, by using some Joes in the back. We've got Cover Girl, who's locked into the Brainwave Scanner. You've got Snake Eyes rescuing Jinx there with the blindfold on. Uh, and he's grabbing, I like the fact he's grabbing his snake to get a stiff one, Kitty said, to throw, obviously. So that's really dope. I love that. It's a great one. Uh, so big shout out to Kickley for these amazing pieces. Um, he also, um, Kickley says, the first version never turns out right. I like that. Yes. So yeah, they've, they're kind of like trying to fix what they've what they've made here, aren't they? Yeah, I like it. A nice kind of shout there to Arise Pencil Arise and the DNA monster too. I like that Kickley. Awesome stuff. And I love the the background's great. Like the actual lab, full of like cool stuff. You've even got like you've the homage of the tubes in the background behind Serpentor's cape. Uh, you know, the that had all the name tags on all the DNA kind of um tubes. Brilliant stuff. Um and then of course Serpentris, which is like great. Love it. Great idea. Love the um uh, love the execution on this one too. It's just great. Um, so Pencil would never have a bride. Then he'd have to share. It's amazing artwork, isn't it? It's great. Love it. Um, yeah, love it. Brilliant stuff. Just loving. Keep Kickly. Just keep it going, man. Just keep it going. I'm loving all these. Um, and then uh, shout out to Tony, the great Tonino on um, Instagram, of course. Um, who posted this on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day for those that that had it. Had, had our um I should have shouted out Kate, should have shouted out the fact we had our anniversary on the on Valentine's Day. So I'm just too early, aren't I, in the in the day. Um uh, but anyway, yeah, so Tony posted this cute little render that he kind of did for uh Valentine's Day. It's just a joke. It's not actually happening, but of the Destro and Baroness uh in this kind of new deco with the I love on the on Destro's collar. He's got the the new Cobra Heart logo, which is obviously in the background too. But he's put it on Destro's collar to make a pattern. And I just thought it was like an animal print or just a you know a print kind of thing. But no, it's their. If you zoom in, their little Cobra love hearts. It's amazing. I think this is dope, and I'd be all over it honestly. And I love the the idea of Destro with a that kind of color helmet. Kitty said. Kickley says, "Who in history would they take the DNA?" Um, so, like, are you talking about, you know, who would be good DNA for the Serpentris character? Um, let's say Joan of Arc, maybe. Um, who else could we have in there DNA-wise? Joan of Arc. Um, there's got to be more. Come on, give me... Yeah, Joan of Arc's the, the, the main one, isn't it? Cleopatra. Great shout, Yorktown Joe. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Boudicca or Boudica. Yeah, absolutely. Mulan. These are all good. I like these. Uh, yeah, they're, they're like Joan of Arc is the first one that's jumped to mind. Cleopatra's a great shout. <laughs> Thatcher. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Yeah. You could, yeah, you because like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's bad as well, right? Um, who was that Hungarian serial killer? Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh Catherine the Great, good shout, good shout. Um Lady Dowager from China, Queen Elizabeth I, uh, Anne Boleyn, uh, Mary Reed, Anne Bonnie. Yeah, there's 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 some good shouts here. There's some good shouts here. I like, yeah, good good question. Yeah, Mary Antoinette, absolutely. 
Marie Antoinette. Um, what about um, Florence Nightingale? Those kind of things. But they're, they're too nice, aren't they? They're too good. Elizabeth Bathory, yeah. Uh, Lizzie Borden, Madame Curie, yeah. There's some. I mean, there's some great ones here. This is this is brilliant. I like. That's a great question as well. Anyway, let's move on because we've got to finish. Kind of brings this to a close. Um, so shout out to the great Tone Tonino on Instagram, and of course Tony, of course in the you know, you know in um, from the Hasbro GI Joe team. Um, and that's it. That's the Full Force Weekly. We're all done. Thanks, guys, for listener, our listeners, viewers, all of you guys for uh, tuning in um, and obviously interacting so much and giving us so many good names for the uh, the female Serpentris uh, DNA list. I like it. Um, anyway, have a great rest of your weekend. I will be back um, either later today, tonight, or tomorrow, but I will be back. <laughs> Um, stay fresh cheese bags. And remember, after three, as always, one, two, three, full force. Happy weekend. Make sure you get involved with the discussion by liking, sharing and commenting on these videos. And as always, you can keep up with the show after listening by following on X, formerly Twitter, at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Full Force. We've also added a brand new Instagram, so check us out there as well, at The Full Force Podcast. And if you would like to contact the show, you can message us on any of those platforms with feedback and questions. We also have a Patreon page, so if you want to show your support for the show, see your name up in lights on these videos, or in enjoy exclusive bonus content then check out patreon.com forward slash the full force podcast or click on the link on any of the posts this podcast appears in full force